0: Welcome to the Mike Signorelli podcast. It's good to have you. Over the next 30 minutes, I'm going to do my best to answer the questions that you're actually asking. Before we jump in, make sure to subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Come on, let's get started. Hey, everyone, welcome to the Mike Signorelli podcast. And this is the first episode of the new series, uh, season two, I guess. We're going completely uncut, raw. This is unedited. And for the first episode, I thought, let me interview myself because i am one with my wife julie and i just thought like what better introduction to who i am what i do what she does what our life is than bring in my wife unfiltered <laughs> Oh, like you can yes. do and say whatever you <laughs> <Unfiltered>. want to say. Unfiltered. <laughs> and so here's why you should listen to this episode. You should listen, number one, if you're breathing and you're alive. Number two, I, we live a crazy life and we have two kids and we live in Queens, which is one of the boroughs of New York City, but we also come from Indiana. So we've got that suburban kind of crazy American ding, ding, picket fence ding, ding, kind ding, of reality we did. So we've been all over the place. Um, our marriage has experienced like everything you can experience in a marriage just by and large. And we've got crazy testimonies of what God's brought us through, but I just thought we could cut it up. We could have fun. You know, what do you think? Like, are you excited to be here? Let's My first guess.
1: Let's do it. I am honored <laughs> to be here. No, we do have a crazy life. It is crazy.
0: It is crazy. So let's go back to where it started. I met you. No, this is debatable. So here's this is the thing. If you're listening right now, my wife claims that I'm evangelastic because mm-hmm. I'm a good storyteller, which, which makes this a good podcast.
1: And also an English major. And
0: I'm an English major. So. Former high school dropout who ended up becoming a high school teacher at one point. And I mastered the craft of storytelling. (laughs) My wife will not call me a liar, but I do like to make stories really good. So she's here to keep the the record straight.
1: Keep the stories real boring.
0: (laughs) So if you're listening and you're like, you know, looking for a mate, Find somebody who's not like you because if I had someone else like me, um, it would be a bad <laughs> thing. <laughs> so, and I think in some weird way, the, I knew, I, I knew when before I ever met you. So here's my story.
1: Okay. Let's see. And then it. you
0: tell your story. So my story is. And I know we met before. I don't really remember noticing you. This is probably how I should tell it. Um, The first time I ever was playing, I was playing a concert that was overlooking the crowd on this. And I was like 21 years old, maybe. Rocktoberfest. (laughs) Rocktoberfest. And I looked into the crowd and I saw this curly haired girl. And I thought, I'm going to get to know her. And then I attempted to get your number, and you rejected me brutally.
1: Mm-hmm. I did give you my email address, though.
0: Okay, so so you. this is a true story. That
1: is true. Yeah, we had, did meet was, prior.
0: Where did we meet?
1: Uh, we met at... I mean, the version of I was playing a rock show is very romantic. But we did meet in See, my I friend's didn't... boat at some point back in the and day. And that was the
0: first meeting? Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, we met... We had... Ate food or something. I think it was Mexican food. How fitting. Still my favorite. Still
0: eating, still smashing Mexican food.
1: But then um, actually, well, how raw and uncut do you want to be?
0: I mean, I brought you here because <laughs> this is the Mike Signorelli podcast, and I thought, who better to reveal what I really am okay, than the person who's chosen to become one with me? So I just want to just say, yeah. if you're listening and you are married or you want to be married, when you fight your spouse, you're just punching yourself in the face. Yeah. So I'm just going to warn okay. you. Whatever you're rolling out, you married in. You married into this legacy. Okay, I'm so about to go for do it. that. Go for okay, it. Okay,
1: because at... Now, we had met at a show prior.
0: A concert I was playing. Yeah,
1: that you were playing at a church. That was my home church. So we met there. Um, and then we met prior to that, like through different mutual friends or whatever. But the one where you noticed me, you were actually there with another girl. That's a true story. And I've- we went to Applebee's and called you Dirty Mike after that. <laughs>
0: Okay, so this is you why we're teenager, doing this. You were a
1: teenager. Let's and so was I. I was so I
0: a teen though, or, what, or how I mean, we old were, were we? We
1: I, were eighteen. Yeah, young. that's why
0: I'm. I'm going to say because we, we got married. We got married at 22.
1: Yeah, or 21. Uh, okay, we met. We met when I was 19. I don't remember how old you were because we're like nine months apart. So, so I don't if know we met were at nineteen, 19 I was 20. nineteen twenty.
0: So here's the point I wanna make. That girl, and if she's listening right now, because this is <laughs> a Christian a nice podcast. Girl, actually, this is a godly and super creative. this is this podcast is designed to help you lead to, to, to go to the next level. You but sometimes rough. you gotta be vulnerable. She showed up to the show. We didn't come together. Oh. So I just wanna go, you know, on behalf of Dirty Mike. <laughs> She showed up now. If I was accumulating fans at that time who wanted to be with me, let's just be honest, I was dirty. My, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what it is. We were
1: not together, we were you not, were not obligated to me in any way. I wasn't engaged,
0: we weren't married. We, I yeah, was you know, it, it was just fine. that era. And I will say this well, if I had to talk it,
1: smack about you,
0: yeah, I mean, that's what yeah, girls do, that's what right? That's yeah. what girls do, and. And I was finding I was living my story, right? Living like, your truth. I was living living my truth. <laughs> At that point I I was going through the latter stages of atheism. I was born and raised in a hardcore Pentecostal family. And at 15 years old, preached my first sermon, and from 15 till 18, had preached all over from Northwest Indiana all the way down to Tulsa, Oklahoma, playing music, preaching, being this Christian dude. And then, like I had mentioned, I dropped out of high school in the midst of all that, to financially support my mom and four brothers and four other brothers and sisters, and then I have this miraculous story of like clawing my way out of that situation into first generation college student mm-hmm. and i 'm doing my thing, but I had gotten this crazy um, message from one of my professors who was a biology professor about atheism, and it just rocked me to the core because I thought to myself maybe all of my family are just these dumb hillbillies from Northwest Indiana. Mm -hmm. And maybe they don't, maybe they believed in God because they were ignorant. And then now I have this college professor and it's it's a total God's not dead cliche. And he said that God, I mean, literally told the class, God doesn't exist. I'm this prestigious guy. I know this. So when I met you, I was really getting rocked by that secular, humanistic, mm-hmm. atheistic thing, and so I think my sexuality and my identity was connected to to my my worldview. You know what I mean? and yeah. so I mean for people who are listening. I was that guy who kissed dating goodbye. Do you remember that book?
1: Oh yeah. This
0: is going I back to the nineties. I lived and died by that
1: book, I which is why guy. I gave you my email address <laughs> and not my phone number.
0: Yeah, well, and that's what I'm saying. But I have the story of being the guy who was like totally pure. I'm not mm-hmm. even kissing anyone until our wedding day. I'm, you know, it was like this. To cra- fast
1: forward, being the guy who brings a girl to Rocktoberfest. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, you know, and that was the struggle. It was like, I knew just as many words of the Beyonce song that I did of the like scripture that, you know, it was yeah. like, no, being that person that feels like you have one foot in darkness, one foot in light. Yeah. I get that. But the difference between me, a lot of people is that I wasn't like a pseudo intellectual, like I didn't binge watch YouTube videos because YouTube didn't exist. It Didn't
1: exist. So when you
0: met me, I was like reading a lot and yeah. you you know, going and asking those questions and even teaching a class through IU on world religion. So I don't know. You met me at a point where I was a very complicated character. And just to fast you forward,
1: complicated. I feel
0: like I was that guy in some way, shape or form for like the first 10 years yeah, of our relationship. Totally.
1: So fast forward, we, you know, your girl, I no would longer. You. <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Rocktober girl was I out would- of the fe- was out of the picture. Um, And then you know, fast forward, we get to we get together, we kiss, dating, hello.
0: Right now, what went through your head though? So you have these girls saying, "Oh man, this guy's a player. He's at this." Then, but then all of a sudden, I keep pursuing you, and there was something about you that was so wholesome. Like you were that Pentecostal girl who wore the long skirts and like. No, no, no,
1: no, no! I didn't wear long skirts.
0: In my mind, you were so wholesome.
1: But I was very wholesome.
0: And I was like, I need a girl like that. Even if I don't know what I believe about God, like I know that, like I need a girl like that. So I keep pursuing you, and I'm emailing you like crazy. And then I graduate every
1: day. I literally,
0: (laughs) you said to me, this was the famous line. You said, you know, right now I just want to be friends. And then I said back to you, well, I'm just going to be the best friend you ever had. Yeah. Right. And so then I faked you out to going on a date. Made you laugh so hard, you mm-hmm. spit your drink out, all that. And then we bonded over like church camp stories, which yeah. is what all charismatic kids bond over. I mean, that's it. And then somehow, or another, but when you married me, did you feel like I'm marrying a good Christian man? Or did you kind of know there's a Johnny Cash side, there's a dark side? I
1: mean, I did know that. And I, I ladies, here's a teaching moment. Um,
0: that's I set you okay, up for it. Okay, set
1: me up. I'm teeing off. Um, we... Everyone has a dark side. I, even as wholesome as I am, was, is, what, like, we all have it. And when you come into a relationship with somebody who had, and I'm sure over the course of this podcast, people will hear more of your story, more of your testimony, which it's amazing to hear what God has done in your life. But anytime you, come, you marry somebody from um, a broken family, you are going to have baggage, And so I knew that. I'm so thankful I didn't know the full depth of it. I don't know if I would have been... No, seriously. Yeah. I'm so thankful. There was so much beauty in not really knowing because um, you're not... It's like when you have a baby, you know? Like when when they hand you a baby, you're willing to stay up all night because they're so cute. God created it so awesome. The way that they're so... I mean, they're just pooping and peeing everywhere, but you're, they're so cute. Like you will be exhausted, tired and whatever. But when we got together, I feel like I'm so thankful. I was so in love. I was so, um, attracted. I would, because I was so willing to say yes, whatever it takes, not really knowing what it was going to take. And if I would have known what it was going to take to have what we have now, which is so awesome, I don't know if I would have thought I could do it. Yeah. And so I'm, I, I am thankful there was some mystery there. So when you asked, did you know, I would say yes and no.
0: You think that when you're a woman trying to find a good man, yeah. you just add up enough of those good qualities to say, it's enough for me to say yes. You know what I'm saying? Like you're always gonna yeah. end up marrying an imperfect person. Oh, but do you gosh. add it all up and say, you know what? There's enough good to tip the scale. Because I, because I look back on it now, and I'm like, and I've made so much progress, and I've changed so much. Yeah. I, if I was my own pastor back in that era, I would have never gave a green light <laughs> for me to marry you. But you know, something that like I've sort of been living by is if you don't heal what hurts you you're going to bleed on people who never cut you. Mm -hmm. And what happened, I think, was that I didn't heal what hurt me, and I bled all over a person who never cut me, which was you yeah and I would and I used to think to myself, I'll never explosively be angry with my wife because you know she didn't she's not an abusive stepdad she's not you know what you know she's not someone who put me through and it was weird because like I really did treat you like somebody who hurt mm-hmm. me even though yes. you never hurt me yeah and you will bleed on people who never cut you if you don't heal what hurts you yeah so I think a lot of our story is like ten years of me bleeding on you
1: yeah it's it's a it's collateral damage. Like when you have a, um, when you come into a relationship where there has been abuse in their life, everyone in that household is collateral damage until they deal with issues that's going on inside of them. And if I could tell myself, like if the 21 year old Julie could tell the 35 or the 35 year old Julie could tell the 21 year old, like how, to proceed in marriage with a with somebody who's broken or whatever, I would say, girl, hold on. We are all broken. It is good. Hang in there. And I feel like I didn't know that's what I was telling myself, but I just thought, man, these vows mean so much to me. I'm so committed. I am in love, you know, and I'm just going to choose this relationship over my feelings, over um, feeling like I'm a part of this collateral damage, like feeling like... I Okay, now I'm a victim. But it was like, it it was so... And we had a lot of help. I don't want to pretend like we just navigated it yeah. ourselves. We had a lot of help. We had professional help. We had um, pastoral help. We had a tribe of people cheering us on, leading us through mm-hmm. some difficult uh, scenarios. But I'm so glad we hung in there because we've made a good life. And I would say if you're listening and you are in... Uh, crazy time in your relationship just hold on hang in there like god can work it out if he did it for us He can literally do it for anyone.
0: (laughs) Amen to that. And I think a lot of people don't believe that though. Yeah. And that's what it is. Fundamentally, you have to believe that you can change. And then you have to believe that someone else can change. Mm -hmm. And if you think about like John Maxwell, why does he have a career? He has a career because he actually believes that you don't have to be born a leader to become a leader. You know, John Maxwell, that's the whole thing. It's not genetic destiny. It's you could be born like low level leadership, but you can learn. And I think for me, it's like I wasn't born into a household that taught me how to be a husband, that taught me how to be a dad, but I could learn how to become one. And, you know, I I said this the other day, we were counseling a couple in our church, uh, just having a phone call with them. And she's pregnant. She's getting ready to have a baby. And I just started crying because I said, dude, expect nothing from her after these babies are born and then you can be happy because she is going to be completely tapped like there's not going to be any energy left there's she's I mean every mental emotional and physical resource she has is going to be used to take care of these twin babies and I started crying trying to tell this guy, don't have any expectation for her because that's my way of time traveling now. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that I make it right. I mean, you're you're not really down to have another kid. No. That's, I want to have no another way. one. I'm going on record <laughs> saying it, but... You know, you're you're not. But the way that I go back in time to that era, because when I think about Bella and I think about Everly, it was like I didn't know what was going to happen. It was literally like, you know what? It's almost like when you make a sharp turn on the road, there's these yellow signs here in America that Mm -hmm. that show you the curve. They show you the sign that says and it even says reduce speed. But if you don't pay attention to that sign and you've never been on that road before, you will drive your car right off the ro- yeah. the, the cliff. And mm-hmm. I feel like for me, every single time life took a twist or a turn, there were signs that I was too immature to even notice were there. And those were the times where I, I would go back into alcoholism, go back into, you know, whatever my thing was, my vice was, I would retreat into music, retreat into touring because I didn't see the sign. And now if I could go back and say, man, if I could drive that road again, you're going to come up to this juncture. And if you don't slow down and reduce all your expectations from your wife and do that. And I was just literally crying, trying to explain this to this young guy. And to me, that's, that's been the hope. So I guess if you're listening to this as a, as a man, as a woman, and you're thinking like, what good can come out of my, this mess of a marriage a mess of a relationship Mm -hmm. here's the thing most of you listening have some version of me and julie's story i mean we've we've counseled so many people through our ministry at v1 church Mm -hmm. and the churches we served at before to know that like pretty much everyone's fronting like i don't know somebody who has had a flawless marriage well i
1: will say like okay so we (laughs) we did um You know, from time to time, we'll do like marriage stuff. We'll speak at marriage things. And it's funny because one of the times somebody had said privately, like, man, you guys talking about us, you guys have really been through a lot. Like, we just don't, I don't know if my wife would have stuck with me or I don't know if my husband would have stuck with me through all of that. And as people in ministry, because some people who are listening are in ministry or maybe they're in leadership or whatever. you feel if you have a dysfunctional story like ours, you get it like you understand. And you're so comforted by hearing it. And I used to want a different story. I used to wish like, man, I know that God redeemed all this stuff, but wouldn't it have been so much better if none of it would have happened. Like when people are like, I would never do that again. I'm like, I would. <laughs> <laughs> no questions. But I've really learned to love our story. And that's been a, pro- I'm probably going to cry, but that's, that has been a process that the Lord's been taking me through over the last couple of years is like, I I was always so proud of what God did, but sometimes it would, it would hurt that that was my story. Um, like, why were we so crazy? You know, like, why did we have all this stuff? And so I would encourage you like if maybe you're in a group where you feel like your story's the most dysfunctional one, learn to love that story. And so even though from time to time, I will feel hints of shame or hints of fear or disappointment. I remind myself that like it's our story and we get to write how it plays out. And that may have been the beginning, but that doesn't mean that's how the middle and the end is going to be. And so I just want to encourage anyone, if that's you and other people want you to even feel bad about your story, don't it's your story to tell it's the ending it's the it's the now it's the change the chapter change that really matters
0: yeah i think the most important thing that we did is both of us made a decision to stop making what someone did to us bigger than what jesus did for us Mm -hmm. yeah that was the breakthrough it's true and i think if you're listening right now You need to stop making what someone did to you bigger than what Jesus did for you. Right. And when we decided, like, what whatever Mike did to me is smaller than what God's doing for me. Now, whatever my stepdad's, whatever the people who hurt and abused me in my past did to me Mm -hmm. is smaller than what God's doing for me. And when we change that perspective, we all start. You got free. I got free. Mm -hmm. And then together, now that's the funniest thing. Is we speak at marriage conferences, we get up and And preach every Sunday. Day, dysfunctional And ones. we're laughing. <laughs> we're like, can you believe they put us on the bill today?
1: Like you're shocked. No one's more shocked than us.
0: But, but, but it, you know what? Yeah. The, I think that this is what it is, is like, it's very easy to grow apart. It takes intentionality to grow together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so what that means is, you know, you just spent six months bedridden. And oh, there was yeah. an opportunity for us to grow apart. Sure. And I remember through that season saying, okay, you know what? For me, it wasn't being bedridden with a near deadly virus from Ukraine. <laughs> it was me, me being bedridden with a multi-generational curse of alcoholism. And you were there for me in my weakness, so I'm going to be there for you in your yeah. weakness. And I believe that in the last six months, you reaped in me what, I, mm-hmm. what you sowed in me in a previous season. So when I was pre-recording sermons to air at one location, because we both couldn't sure. preach at both locations here in mm-hmm. New York City Metro, it was like you were reaping in that season what you sowed in me in another one. And if you're listening right now, that I don't care if you're married or not, you are always sowing seeds. Always. You Always always sowing seeds and you might be asking yourself why am I giving to this person who can't give back to me well you better believe if you're sowing you are going to reap in another season it may even be through a different person but you're going to reap and we're living off that now Yeah. so just kind of bringing it to an end final thoughts um, because this has been this far exceeded my expectation and you didn't how low was
1: your expectation I just just
0: I just thought to myself like you know Anything could happen. (laughs) (laughs) But this is season two. And you know what's funny is for those of you who've been faithful listeners to this podcast... You know, it's a weird thing. It's pseudo narcissistic to have Mike Signorelli podcast. I know that's stupid. The actual original vision for this was the launch team for our church, V One Church, were new Christians, and I just literally made a podcast so I could uh, do episodes in and what then was our backyard in Chesterton, Indiana, and send them episodes so that they could grow as like young believers. That's literally how this thing started. And for this, it's I, I don't know. Here's my time to cry you know, I made this podcast to help them on their journey to know Jesus and didn't have any expectation from it. If you've been following this podcast, this is the most professionally recorded episode we ever did because every other episode was me just speaking into my phone in my backyard to help them on their journey with Jesus. Well, the backstory is someone else found it, a lot, many people have found it actually, and they tag me all the time on Instagram, and they tag me on Facebook or whatever. And I've done episodes about uh, psychics and you know whatever they were struggling with. And our launch team was what mm-hmm. I would do an episode for, and then I accidentally helped a lot of other people. And then long story short, in this season, it got picked up by the Charisma uh, magazine, Charisma Media people, and it's getting syndicated to a much larger audience. And so I think that's the whole story of this podcast is like our marriage. Like we, we didn't know that it was ever going to help anyone else. I, I, you yeah. know, just living our life. We just basically said, I want to honor God. I want to honor my husband. I want to honor my wife. And then, it, and then God said, hey, what you guys did on the micro... Let me give it a bigger stage, mm-hmm. like what you did behind the scenes. Let me get, give it give it more on the bigger stage. So I guess like final. Do you have any like thirty seconds yeah. final thought? Because this has been yeah. a cool like first it's, episode. I think
1: what you said about the things that bring shame in your life. We put so much focus on those things, and they actually hand like it. It like will handicap you into trying to do what god really needs you to do but yet it's the very thing that validates what god really wants you to do yeah so what i would say is don't put like you said don't put so much effort or don't put so much thought or so much pressure on the thing that happened to you or the thing that you did put it on jesus because once you give that thing more power it actually devalues the cross to say christ isn't enough for this thing yeah. in my life this 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 blemish the scar in my life and i just have to believe that christ is enough and that my destiny is not so fragile that my mistakes could get me off course to god's divine purpose and destiny for my life if my life submitted to him he will get it back on track
0: That's it. Well, thanks so much, guys, for listening. This was awesome. Here's what you can do. You know, we live off of this principle that when you refresh others, you yourself will be refreshed. And you could do that digitally right now. Subscribe to this podcast. Give it a five-star rating. Leave a a rating and share it with a friend so that you can help somebody else. And I will see you in the next episode. If this episode helped you in any way, visit MikeSignorelli.com and sign up to receive encouragement, and resources directly to your inbox. I'll see you over there and I'll see you next episode.